What if the truth came in a gel cap and we could just pop it in our mouths and forget about it? Well, it doesn't, and we can't. But we can laugh in the face of reality while plotting our survival. Welcome to the Truth Tastes Funny Podcast. I am your host, Hirsch Repun. And if my guests can handle the truth, so can you. Open wide, folks. Here it comes. My guest today on Truth Tastes Funny is Chase Thornock. Chase, like myself, suffered from Crohn's disease, but in his case, it is something to which he nearly lost his life and went down a, a very, very, very dark prognosis and path. And he'll tell us about it, but it's really much more about where he came out on the other side and, and how he's using that to help people now with not just Crohn's, but with all kinds of autonomic illness. And if you listen to my show, you know that I am always seeking new approaches to about every crazy turn that life can throw at you. Yeah. You know, how can we get past something or through something? Because very often we can't get around that. No. So, <laughs> so please welcome Chase. Thank you. Uh, to the show. I appreciate it. Thanks, Hirsch. I'm glad to have you. So share the story so that the audience knows where this where this is all coming from. Sure. Yeah. So I was diagnosed with Crohn's disease about a year after I was married. My wife and I were in college and I was down this career path that I was very excited about. I was in venture capital, pretty quickly got placed with a portfolio company of theirs and became the CEO. And from the outside, everything looked awesome, right? Life seemed like it was going all in the right directions, but I was silently, absolutely suffering, incredibly, incredibly ill. And there came a point where I hadn't eaten for a long period of time. And I remember going to a doctor's appointment and he took one look at me and took my blood and he said, we need to hospitalize you now. He said, you will die. We, we've got to take care of you now. Because I had looked kind of healthy-ish, you know, yeah. but my blood... My protein levels in my blood were about a quarter or less of what they were supposed to be. And so they wanted to do surgeries, but they couldn't because my blood was so poor. And so I was fed by something called a pick line, which was a line run through my arm to my heart. And I had a backpack I carried around with this concoction that was just pumped into my body 24-7 to try to get me strong enough. And after trying every medication that was available, you know that, I mean, all the $10,000, $20,000 shot medications <laughs> that you have to refrigerate yeah. and all that garbage, I, I, none of them worked. None of them worked for my particular condition. And so the doctor said, we're out of answers for you. We've got opioids and we've got steroids. And if any of you have experienced that, that's not an answer. Long term, those are almost worse than the disease. And so I was in a pretty dark place. I was essentially writing my will. I, I figured this was it. I had to get my affairs in order for my family. How old try to provide. This... 25 years uh, old. Yeah. You'll have to ask my wife. She's way better. At <laughs> I was in my 20s and I, yeah, I was preparing for the worst. And there was this spark. I call it a spark now, but this is truth tastes funny kind of stuff because it actually tasted pretty sour at the moment. But the, 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 this voice from God was basically said, Chase, you're not going to you the doctors aren't going to heal you. They can't heal you. You are in charge of your health and only you can heal yourself. And 
truth tastes funny, right? He did. He didn't tell me anything that wasn't already true. That was right. true from the beginning of everything, right? The doctors never could heal me. My body only ended alone, and the doctors would agree, right? Did you? Did you? Uh, you were you? So you were diagnosed at a as an adult. Yes. Right? Did you have any issues or patterns as a as a kid? Yeah. So when I was a teenager, my mother was incredibly ill. She was sick for about 10 years and I was one of her primary caregivers. She actually ended up dying in my arms. But through that time, I had pain and, you know, I had stomach pain. And at, at that stage with what was going on, right, it just, we just, you know, I just shoved it, right? This is not important. I just thought it was ulcers from the stress, mm-hmm. right? But looking back now, it was pretty clear that I had symptoms younger got it yeah okay all right so so you you knew that that the doctors were going to heal you and you you kind of you kind of knew that all along well no i i I, I, that's that's where i went to go find healing right like that's initially where i went and then actually having that answer i thought i was dead like i just thought it was a nail in the coffin you know just confirmation that this was it for me Right. But it also sparked something else in me. Right. And it was the question of what if, like, what if I really could figure this out? What if I really could heal my body? And I did. Okay. So now you have to tell us how you did. Yeah. And some of the, some of the subsequent challenges and, and strategies you've had to employ to, 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 share this. Sure. You know? Sure. Well, if I always tell people like, it's one thing for me to tell you, right. For you to understand the information in your mind. Yeah. And it's another thing entirely for you to do it. And and that's what I want to lead out with, right. The things that I'm going to tell you, I would encourage you to just do it. Whether you understand the science behind it or not, do it right. And listen to your body through the whole process. So what I came to find out was that my body was suffering from a communication disorder, right. Essentially, what had happened over time was that there were emotions, sensations, things in my body that weren't safe for me to feel. Generally, these types of things get programmed in us before our frontal lobe is developed, right? We all have them. But when we experience those things, our our typical reaction is to disconnect and dissociate, right? You, You twist your ankle and you try not to think about it, right? That's a good example of it. Or even sitting here now, you're sitting on a chair, right? You can feel the chair underneath you. But prior to me saying it, you weren't aware right, of those right, sensations, right. right? So your body is sending signals all the time. And I got really, really good at ignoring those signals. Like when I was a teenager and my mom was ill. It's not about me, right? My stomach hurts, sure, but I'm going to ignore it. And that process actually leads to a, a, a situation where your body starts to divert the resources. If you're not going to listen to your body, then we're going to move that. We're going to remove that electrical wiring and use it elsewhere. And then your brain and your body start to have trouble communicating because now you're actually severing the neuronic connections between the two of them. Okay. Mm-hmm. So now you eat something, you know, you got 10 grams of sugar in it and your body says to your brain, Hey, we got 10 grams of sugar. We need this much insulin. And your brain goes, what? Can't quite hear you. Give them 30 grams of sugar, 30 grams of insulin. Right. And then your body's like, that's way too much insulin. And then your body becomes resistant to the insulin. Right. This same process was happening with my digestive system. My resource allocation was so devoted towards other processes that my digestive system didn't have what it needed to function appropriately. And it slowly started to break down. In addition to that, my body was in something called fight or flight. 
right? Which is this experience we're hearing more about, thank goodness, having a stress response, right? But stress responses are supposed to look like this on a graph, right? You have the stress response and then you come back down and back to your baseline. Over repeated stress, your body learns to stay in that stressed environment. And when it does that, it runs out of the neurotransmitters responsible for handling stress. And when it runs out of it, it goes to its next best option, which are something called cytokines. You know this because of your CRP test, right? Your cytokine reactive protein is one of the ways that we test for Crohn's disease, ulcerative colitis, rheumatoid arthritis, any inflammatory condition. We're measuring how many of those warrior cells are in the body. And as those float around, there's nothing for them to fight. Right. But they're a hammer. Everything's a nail. Eventually, it starts to attack healthy tissue. Right. And yours, in my case, Crohn's disease. Some of us rheumatoid arthritis, they're joints. Right. And so it's about learning how to connect to that resource allocation system and being able to manipulate it. And that's what I teach people to do, how to control their autonomic nervous system so their bodies stop attacking themselves. And then how to tune into their hidden wiring, that conditioning that's developed over time that's maladaptive to them, and rewiring it so that it's productive in their life instead of tearing apart their bodies. Now, haven't haven't some of the, the medical treatments aspired to rewire the communication yeah, so the, the class of medication that I took, the right. biologic medication, typically targets something called the inflammation cascade. Right. And some of them are specifically TNF-alpha blockers. TNF-alpha is a cytokine. Ooh. So what it does, though, is it says, okay, we've got too many of these cytokines. They're destroying the body's tissue. So we're going to inject a medication that binds to that cytokine so it can't do its job Attacking. Attaching and right. attacking, right? Right. Which is cool. That's a really great approach. But the fascinating thing is, is that we learned that when we introduce synthetic made compounds into our bodies, they're never perfect communicators. There's collateral damage and it's called side effects, right? right? The prednisone, the cortisol, right, is a stress hormone that your body makes. Right. But when your body makes it, it doesn't have all the side effects that it has when you take it as a synthetic drug. That's because it's not a perfect communicator as a synthetic drug. So we use the machinery of your body so that you can tap into your own cortisol production. You can dose yourself with your own prednisone. You can dose yourself with your own adrenaline. side effects. Without the side effects. Your body was meant to do it, and we use the machinery of your body to accomplish it. That's health, right? Being able to use the machinery of your body to accomplish what you need to. So has this been met with resistance... You know, where, where does it stand in terms of, uh, like, the, let me rephrase it. So I was recently watching a clip with, from an interview with Tom Cruise. Uh-huh. You know about this? I don't. Okay, so Tom Cruise was talking about how he retrained his autonomic system yeah. to allow him to hold his breath for seven minutes. Absolutely. For Mission Impossible or right. whatever it was. And right. there was some dubiousness about it. And Tom Cruise has often come across as some kind of crackpot with some of his stuff <laughs> that he talks about. Sure. But, and I, I literally heard this like, you know, two days ago. Uh-huh. I watched it on the plane or something. It was yeah. something where I saw a clip. Uh huh. Literally a couple of days ago. And he was talking about it. And I said, yeah, of course you can retrain yeah. your, your autonomic nervous system. You know, it's, it's possible. Of course it's possible. And then, then I heard your story. Yeah. And so 
So what what's in what's involved? What what can you what more can you tell us? We I wish we had more time. Sure, but there'll be resources on the in the show notes, mm-hmm. and we'll we will we'll get the word out and, and promote the the episode. It's very, you know, it's it's close to me. I have other family members that have Crohn's, and you know, and there's certainly people who've had it have it worse, and it's just. So and it, so for me, it's Crohn's. You know, I have yeah. a very good friend who has rheumatoid arthritis as well. Yeah, young, young woman. Well, these so, diseases account almost more than half of Americans have at least one of these diseases. Yeah, and I think the stat is two thirds of us will die from them. Right. So these diseases, we went from a period where infections were the things that were killing us. Right. right. And then with advances in modern infa- medicine, now it's our bodies that are killing us: heart disease, diabetes. These are all diseases of the autoimmune system, right? The autonomic system. So if if people go to my website, whatmagnificence.com, they can put in their email and get a free mini course, okay? And this is the embodied practice of what I'm talking about. You can understand it in your head all you want, yeah. right? But actually doing this is what's going to change your body, is what's going to change your neurology. But a good basic introduction to this is that you're going to start by doing breathing techniques and cold techniques, Okay. Both of these start to stretch your body's autonomic nervous system, start to exercise it like you do a muscle, right? The breathing activates the sympathetic stress response in your body. So now that finite resource of cortisol and adrenaline that you've run out of, you start producing more of it, right? Yeah. Because you're exercising that system. Then you get into the cold and all of a sudden everything reverses. Instead of all your resources being in your arms and your legs ready to fight something or run away, it all clamps down as your body tries to preserve its heat. And it forces everything back to your core. And that's your rest and digest branch that's responsible for that process. So now you stretch sympathetic and now you stretch parasympathetic. And as you continually do that, you have more access to it. Like a tightrope walker, right? It wouldn't be very effective for him to walk with a really short stick right. to try to balance. The longer that stick is, the greater his balance. Uh-huh. So now you're expanding your autonomic function, Okay. Then as you progress, you begin to learn how to control it. I'm going to choose to be in fight or flight or I'm going to choose to be in rest and digest. Yes. And then even more so than that becomes your awareness of your cognition, the awareness of the wiring that you weren't aware was there to begin with. Right, right. That's when you begin to choose. That's when you begin to have self-mastery and to be able to control your mind, control your body and regain your health. And and what about the the gauging the gauging of the, the, the disease or remission of it, or, you know, what is, what is that process like? I know with things sure. that are new, that are, are new to us, we don't have testing mechanism for the progress necessarily other than you're well or you're not, but we do are alive. The nice part is that <laughs> you know, we do because yeah. do- doctors looked at my CRP levels to see, right. right. And your CRP, I think is supposed to be below two or four or something like that. And in the past, mine has been in the teens and higher, right? Huge amounts of inflammation. And now those numbers are normal. I have a client right now in Texas. He's actually a medical professional. And he called me just a few weeks ago and he said, I'm off all my medications. He was on Humira for rheumatoid arthritis and on an opioid and on Cymbalta and all these medications. And he said, I'm off all my medications. I just got my blood work and it's normal. Now, everyone's results are different, right. clearly. And the medication, the risk is, or the doctor will certainly tell you, and we've talked about how doctors don't know, <laughs> but, a do- but a certainly a doctor will tell you, well, if you go off the medication, there's no guarantee that you won't have flare-ups and you won't have it worse than you have it. Yeah. You know, in my case, 
I had the medication that was prescribed for me after a routine colonoscopy had to do more with preventative measures, thankfully, thankfully yeah. that I wasn't experiencing symptoms. But right. They were like, okay, we found inflammation. We need you to go on this, on this, on this program, mm -hmm. this treatment. So now if I want to try this and I say, okay, well, let me see if this, if this, so how will it work where, you know, I'm taking medication, but I want to try something that's... Any reasonable physician understands that there are risks with taking a medication. Right. So they go through this calculus of, yes. are the benefits more than the risk? Because mm -hmm. there are complications to taking a biologic. All of a sudden, right. you can't fight off an infection if you get one, right? right? So now, if, if I'm a physician, which I'm not, right? But any physician who's measuring that relationship, as the risk starts to diminish because your inflammation levels start to drop, there becomes this cross that happens where it is now more dangerous for you to continue your medication than it is for you to stop. Right. Now, this, this, this wonderful person, he's 60, he's in his mid sixties in Texas. He, he stopped taking his medication without telling me, right? Okay. He just wanted to test, but he was a medical professional. I assume, yeah. you know, he knows what he's doing. Anyone out at home consult with your physicians, yeah. you know, bring them in because let's be a team with this. But what he found was that as he stopped and tested, he just didn't need them. And then yeah. his blood work confirmed it. That's amazing. Thanks so much for tuning into Truth Tastes Funny. If you enjoyed the experience, please leave a five-star review and share this podcast with your friends.